Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Live from the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for The V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Bobby V. Well, not quite Bobby V. Uh, Pops, late travels, so uh, turn the keys over with a little beautiful act of nepotism to his son, Nick Valvano, uh, I am not alone, however, because that's just irresponsible. Uh, I have one fabulous one, the Phil Baker, joining me in studio. Tanner on the ones and twos. Got a loaded show for you today. Uh, Ross Tucker will join uh, from Westwood One. Talk a little Super Bowl at 1240. Uh, Eric Crawford scheduled to join us uh, probably about 1.30. Uh, we're going to replay Pops' interview with Jay Billis at some point today. Um, so you get a little dose of uh, Bobby V. And also, he's going to join at 2.15. So uh, we have just a ton of stuff to get to. Let's jump right in it. Last night, L basketball. A mighty comeback, um, but they still fall. We were talking about it on the live stream yesterday. Sidecast. Sidecast. The sidecast. I like I don't want to like jump right in it, but it is sort of like the main topic du jour. The Trilly Donovan tweet. And the three the four coaches that were on the list, one of them gets scratched out, Mick Cronin. The remaining ones, Jerome Tang, Chris Beard, and uh, Eric Musselman. And we talked about it at length yesterday on uh the sidecast. And like I don't like talking new coaches while there's still a coach in place, but I think a decent starting point, and Eric Crawford's going to join. He had a good tweet as well, talking a little bit about how there might be some names that are being bantered around that Louisville doesn't have a chance of getting as the next coach, and some ones that haven't been mentioned that are real potential targets. So there's that aspect of it. But I just want to start with the discussion with this. Is there any way... Kenny Payne gets a third year. Oh boy, you're throwing that dead fish Where, in my lap. I, well, that, well, that's I what I did last night. It's a dead fish. I mean, because I, I feel like there's a lot of merit on it. There's a lot of meat on that bone there. Because one of the things that we talked about yesterday, Phil, mm-hmm. was this angle that I mean, we get we got a report from someone close to the scene uh, early. We broke news last night on the sidecast. I still think it's great if you do that like two weeks late and just call it the slow report. Like, the that's, slow the, report. That, that, that's building your brand there. Scott Clark got hurt, took like a knee to the head or something. How does that happen? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, he got hurt. Ty, uh, Tyler Johnson was evidently battling an illness yesterday. So, I mean, they're running out of guys. Dennis Evans, obviously, his career ended tragi- you know, sadly. J.J. Uh, Trainer out for the season. Kenny's running out of bodies, basically. And we were talking about, is that going to be an excuse card played going down the stretch? I mean, look, it, it's, 
I don't think it should be because these issues started with a healthy roster. Right. Uh, so, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. Like I, again, I go back to with whatever's going on with Hersey Miller, Tyler Johnson. Like, yes, you are get you were limited. I completely probably. forgot about the Hersey thing, yeah. right? So, I mean, Zach Greenwell sends some stuff out from that standpoint. So, look, it, it's it feels as if, and I know my problem is, and I just did shameless plug because I was the Charlie Strong choice for uh, Texas football. Uh, <laughs> Nate, Jack Grossman got down probably the eighth choice. So I just did the podcast with him. That's why I was in here getting a little late. And I asked Jack this. I said, "Are we too close to?" Are we in the fishbowl? Right. Like, because I think sometimes, like, we speak in absolutes here that there's no way there's going to be a third year. There's no way. And, and look, I think it's dangerously close. And I think you get that from Josh Hurd's uh, no moral victories things and and things like that. But I'm curious, as there are winnable games to close out the year, what that conversation is. If you go there, oh, he's doing this with the, all the, this, all these injured players, and he's doing this, and he's being competitive against Clemson at the end. Of, but it's just not, it's not correlating from start to finish, and, and that is ultimately what I think is going to. Be. And I hate going zero to just like this because I do want to react to the game, and I know there's some clips from the KP uh, press conference or the one on one with um, Pops and company that we can react to. But it just feels like. If they put together a complete game from start to finish, and don't listen to us, I mean, Dick or myself or other shows here, Peyton Siva saying that. Right. Like, there, there's right. guys like that. Luke Hancock saying that on our airways. Peyton Siva saying it on Twitter. So I'm curious that what that conversation is if this does eventually correlate the wins, because by all accounts, we've said it over and over again, the players seem to back KP. They, they, they just do. And how much does that. It's funny because this is the very thing that was used against Bobby Petrino. You know, like that he didn't know where his office was. They didn't know where he he was mean and things like that. This in the case, like by all accounts, outside of the Cron Davis experiment, whatever happened there, they all really like him. It, it's just not. And they don't really like Karan Davis, evidently. Yeah, too. apparently like that was that. That was a very strange thing. But it seemed like it. It didn't seem to turn the team against KP, and they, they didn't seem to you know rally against Karan Davis either. So it's uh, no. I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I think, dare I say, I think his relationship with the players is what kept him around. Because we've heard we've heard a lot of rumblings from different sources and everything like that about. There being a change midseason, and Josh Hurd said that you know he met with the players, and we we heard reports that they were they were getting there was discussion about their relationship with Kenny Payne, and lo and behold, Kenny Payne's still here, and it seems like that's one of the main reasons that the team wasn't ready to check out on him. And even though they're not getting wins, we have seen them show a little bit of fight so I, I can't do that though like because at some point you have to turn the page and it has to correlate the win no though. no I know and, and I know you're not saying yeah. that because yes you are saying they are doing everything that KP is saying it's like you gotta fight you gotta fight well eventually it's got to correlate to wins right and when you say it's not about wins and losses like I'm not gonna play Dr. Phil here even though I should probably have some music when I do this so, you know sports psychologist bit right now uh, but I really think when he says it's not about wins and losses, that stuff trickles down, man. Yeah. Like I, I think if you say like you've inherited a mess, you've you've been dealt like th- there's been a lot of issues here. Like that's where some things start getting planted in your mind, and if you hear it enough, you begin to believe it. And, and that's the one thing that I fear because they do come back, they do fight. They there are bright moments that I think he corrected. It was either 
uh, yeah, it was Bob. Or, yeah, it was Bob last night, and he said, you know, or maybe it was on the West Durham. Uh, West Durham and Dan Bonner. They were talking talking with him uh, before uh, the game, and said it's more so that can, they're not getting off the bad starts. There's just bad spurts. Throughout yeah. the game, and but right. but at some point you have to put that together, regardless of the things, because even with the injury bugs that they've sustained, and that's a you know valuable excuse that Kenny Payne will probably rely on, and his supporters rightfully so. But again, it, it is a factor. Yeah. I'm not ignoring the fact that it's not a factor, but like you said, eventually these things have to translate to wins, and it wasn't exactly like this was a dark horse. ACC title run team before all the injuries took place. I mean, you you were losing well before you know you lost Dennis Evans and JJ Trainer and and uh, uh, Tyler Johnson and Sky Clark now and everything like that. So um, no, I, I don't. I, I think it's a factor, but I don't think it's an excuse. Yeah. So and, and obviously the the thing that folks point to. You see what happens with uh, Mighty Mouse last night. Damon Stoudemire getting another big win. You see what happens with Strewsbury. Year one coaches that are able to do some things that, quite frankly, you are hoping and clamoring for that Kenny Payne and, and company were able to do. So, look, we say this all the time. There's four different buckets to react to the games. The game itself, the press conference, which I know wasn't it was just like, well, he and Bob, um, zero to coaching search, which I want to get creative and try not to go zero in on that. But it is newsworthy when Truly Donovan puts it out there. And I think Eric Crawford, which I'm excited to talk to him because that tweet is very telling that right. he put out there about, you know, some guys flying under the radar because he's not hot take guy. Uh, he's just putting out what he's hearing from reputable sources. And right. So I would be curious to hear his response to we'll that. We'll chat with him at 1.30. Okay, so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to hear that. But uh, and then it's just kind of the off the court stuff with, you know, Karan Davis getting on the jumbotron and things like that, and I know there's a contingency of folks that think that like the media plays like a negative role in just talking about these things. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll grant you that argument and try to find some positives in that. They came back a little bit last night, but it still didn't correlate to a win. That's about as positive as you can get, and an undermanned team. That's right. That's about all you can say to that. And you still have one win in conference, and a conference, an ACC conference is probably going to get maybe. Right now, I think maybe four projected. I think it went yeah, from three last week not, to four. It's Wake not Force, the strongest. Yeah, Wake Forest entered the party. So right. It's a fascinating discussion to me, and I, I've said this with with Ennis, and uh, I think Louie had the discussion in the back. I can't remember if it was on the air, but um, regardless if we do have that coaching search discussion, when you constantly keep going back to it's like oh the, the you know Kenny Payne, or Chris Mack was a prearranged marriage. Um, we talked about this on the sidecast last night. Kenny Payne, by all accounts, you had the former players that really wanted to support this, and Josh was an interim president with that. Or I'm sorry, interim at, uh, athletic yeah, yeah, yeah. director on that. Did they have the interim president on that? I can't keep up with all the interim things. I think I think there still was one. So the hand maybe guided a little bit on that. So when you look at it through that prism, uh, I think this next hire, and we've all made the discussion of how pivotal it is, and I think we're all in agreement it's trending in that direction. I don't want him to listen to anybody. He yeah. can he can hire a search firm. He can hire his closest confidents. Maybe make a call to Jay Wright not to be a coach. Well, I mean, you, you could maybe drop that line as kind of a playful banter there, but. I want this to be something where he's so laser focused and locked in. And I know yeah. people still have their questions about Josh Hurd. Like he's a young AD. I'll grant you your argument on that, which I would argue the people that say that Jeff Brom just fell in his lap and everything. OK, whatever. He still negotiated a great deal for the Satterfield stuff with a terrorist and Jimmy Sexton. Like yeah. you, you still came out. Ink wasn't dry yet on that Satterfield deal. 
And like you said, he he, he had Cincinnati to pay for it. Right. And he brought Brom in. I, I mean, I, I think I, I understand the point that, like you said, that was kind of pre like an, almost like a prearranged marriage. But still, the way he handled it, he deserves some credit. Right. But it, make no mistake, this is his legacy. Yeah, this, 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 this is, is the golden his, goose. Yeah. And, and that's where it's I go back to if it's a non-traditional or sexy name. And I know I said I want to talk about coaching searches and when this is where we are versus analyze the game 18 minutes into the show. I just want him to be so focused then on live with it. It's his hire. We tried it the other ways with the prearranged marriage by all accounts. And this is kind of the results you've gotten. So that's kind of where I'm at. We can react to the game. I know that's kind of a long-winded opening monologue with that. But they rallied back uh, only to fall to Clemson by six points. So they, uh, if they were a second-half team, baby, you could hang some banners on that. It was, I mean, it was one of those things where, and we, we were watching last night on, on the sidecast, um, they just... They're just frustrating. Like they, they just have that stretch. Like you said, every game. And I'm trying to remember where, where it was last night. But where I mean, they're, they're trading blows for the first like eight minutes of the game. Then you get to the under twelve, and all of a sudden the wheels start coming off. And I know, I know they're battling injuries. I know they're battling illnesses. I know they're undermanned and undergunned. But it's just it goes zero to just blowout so quickly, and then. While they do rally and close out, they seem to have this. I mean, we talked about it last night. Kenny Payne getting the technical foul yes. was probably yes. like the best thing he could have done. The best PR he's, he's done uh, in, in six months. A hundred percent. But like they go before they rally. They seem to just pack it in, and like they, and to their credit, like they close out the race and they make it competitive. Lose by six or whatever it was. It was six. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they do that, but. During that segment where they're getting blown out, I mean, that that freaking guard is like, he almost hit Mike James in the face. They talked about he was celebrating so hard. We were talking about, you don't want to see anybody goon it up and do something like... That is that gonna, would hurt somebody. That would hurt but somebody. Undercut somebody. But at the same time, a shove. The one getting handed, in someone's face. The one handed bounce pass in transition when three of the guys were back there, and it. Again, to the credit versus last year, if you're looking for positivity, they were at least on the screen this time versus last year when Noah was on a screen through transition yeah, right. points. They're getting back. With They're that being to. said, it, it just it was almost like a a give up moment if you're reading body language where there were three of them around they do the one handed bounce pass and transition and it's like there's just a look of defeat well nothing you can do about it or contest the shot or try to block that and I go back to the Eric Crawford tweet for the Virginia game where he said they generally look confused like they right. not knowing what they're going to do not taking a shot at the student athletes it's like they just look like they don't know what the play is they don't know what they're supposed to do in terms of communication well, Marcus did a great job breaking it down today. Yeah, he, like talking about D'Lo, and he was like, "D'Lo doesn't know how to how to defend." There, he's out there. He's trying, but he doesn't know what he's trying to do. And so, like we were talking about it earlier in the show, like they're doing what Kenny Payne is saying in the sense of they're fighting. But I I don't know if, and this is where you know the coaching factor comes in. I don't know if he's just not relaying the message in a way that they're picking it up or they're just not picking up the message. But there seems to be times when their controllers get unplugged. Yeah, no, no. And I think it goes back to this. It's when Josh Hurd ultimately has to have the discussions. And I know he says he's in constant communication with Kenny Payne. And look, I mean, the, the people that are claiming for him after every game, it's a tale as old as time. You read the text line, you hear right. callers on there. It's like he should come out. 
he, he has with Eric Crawford twice now. So he, he has done that. If you're looking for a massive press conference week in and week out after every game, I'm sorry, you're just not going to get it. Right. Uh, but B, he's what else could he say other than we don't accept moral victories? Said that. Check. Right. And again, I understand if you have your concerns about Josh Hurd being a young AD and things like that. I'll great. I'll play the Bobby V. I'll grant you your argument on that. That's fine. There's a contingency of folks that are out there that think Tom Jurich would be able to navigate all this perfectly. Whatever. Okay. Right. So, or yeah. So, but I'm also of the belief that we've said this going into it. It was a complicated situation from the standpoint of it's not. It's more emotional than it is transactional. When you get one of your own. And that was the trendy thing to do as an interim. When you could right. kind of go through the prism of Penny Hardaway being hired at his alma mater. You go through the um, Juwan Howard. Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, Jerry, well, he wasn't at. Oh, no, he yeah, wasn't. Yeah, he was at Carolina. He yeah, was, yeah, right, I was going to say. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, the Patrick one? Ewing at yeah, Georgetown. There you go. And it's funny because this was the safe pick in terms of that and I had massive issue we actually pulled the sound not too long ago because I was like in case anyone tries to hold Kern and Meyer's feet to the fire these were discussions that we were having Calipari's coaching tree scared me and Kern was bless his heart he was consistent he said he's a first time coach there's going to be massive growing pains right. And, right. and those were the discussions that we had but I just hope if we do trend if we're trending this in direction because again I, I, I'm aware enough to say are we just so are we regurgitating what we're hearing on the airwaves here and seeing on Twitter to the standpoint yeah. like that? That's the only fear I have with does the administration and athletic department view it as like he inherited a mess like he, they're doing great in the classroom. They're doing great off the court, which I could argue hasn't been as great off the court stuff with Karad Davis beat on the Jumbo Trot and things like that. But, but, but just the, the murkiness of that. that yeah, that is that, that it's, I it's think, bizarre. Uh, yeah. So good choice of words. Bizarre. Pe- People that would know and have much better, dare I say, sources to it, tell me that I'm completely wrong and I have no reason to worry about that. So that that gives me some reason to, and to be optimistic that they will make the right. Because it, it's ultimately, we talked about this last week, it's going to come down to you got donors now on Twitter that are openly being yeah. active about they're not happy in the displeasure from the year one. Aaron Flaker, yeah. yeah. It, and then you had um, you know uh, Rick Hebert share a a uh, patino clip from that he wanted to die versus losing versus a coach that says it's not about wins and losses keeper may have meant no harm in that and it may not have been about kenny Payne. the little fan base sure perceived it as that right so when you start seeing that that's ultimately what i think is going to pick up the momentum on this um i think we're in agreement like you, you try to it's a rubik's cube you try to get creative and brock you, you want us to talk about the plus minus in the game last night sure we can try that the lack um, of assist, something yeah I mean, yeah I, it's we can talk about pivotal moments in which and x's and o's in which things didn't transpire but all i know is this you're entering you're finishing up another season in which you're not going to make the ncaa tournament and you're a top six or top seven pro Program. Probably not going to make the NIT. Yeah, no, like, not no. I don't think there's any shot in that. But this is this is kind of the nature of the beast right now. And Josh Hurd in the next eight weeks is going to have to have a very difficult decision. And all these agents out there, Troy Donovan, putting things out there because that's why I'm fascinated with the Troy Donovan tweet and Eric Crawford's tweet because Troy Donovan is noted to be very connected to the agency world of college basketball. And when he took Mick Cronin off on there, these guys are parlaying it for for paydays. Like I, I'm right. sorry, they just are. And, and it's like muscle well, We saw. I mean, we saw it with Bruce Pearl. Saw it with Bruce Pearl. I mean, that that was the first domino to fall. I mean, who else? Who else got paid because of this? I mean, I know no Tang got 
something. Well, um, his buyout still isn't outrageous. It's what six million, I think. Yeah. So when you, I take everything when I see these things and people tell me things like, "Well, I heard this. I heard that." Again, I think everyone has an angle. Uh, and they're trying to get their client paid, and that's how it kind of spreads like wildfire. Right. It, it, and that's fine, but just open dialogue about potential. Like, Double D and, and Blinks, I know Blinks kind of been laser-focused on beer, but I'm open to anybody. Like, just if, if that's a discussion we're willing to have, which I try to say I don't want to have right now, and yet I'm dabbling, I'm dipping my toe in um, before doing a cannonball into the deep end of coaching search talk. But that's kind of where I am, and just kind of a long, windy road of just, everything going on in my head and the, the crock pot that is Phil's brain the crock pot that is Phil's brain well I mean that's a good segue that like to, to, to talk a little bit about fish bowls and everything because I talked about this yesterday on, on the sidecast when I went to and this is gonna sound like a humble brag it's not meant to be I had no business being there but when pops got the um, Kentucky Sportscaster of the Year award you go to the NSMA National Sports Media Association luncheon or whatever right and it's in Winston-Salem went down there hobnobbing with people that I was... Who's the most famous person you talked to? Um, I met Rick Riley and Linda Cohn, which was cool. And There's a great college game day sign with Linda Cohn. Do you want to guess what it was? What was it? Somebody was standing... or I'm sorry, sitting on somebody's shoulders. Um, I want to blank Linda Cohn, and it rhymed. I want to... That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Uh, First thing I saw. Big fan of Linda Cohn. As was as was the sign holder apparently. First off, um, I well, I'm not going to say that, but she's a Rangers fan, and I appreciate that about her. I appreciate that about her. Is she doing but, stuff on SportsCenter still? Hey, get out of here, Tanner. Um, yeah, she's still. I think she was doing like the Sunday sports. Hour. Okay, because I think I she know, was still doing like weekend sports. Well, I know Hannah stuff. Storm's on in the mornings, but the late nights. Because I didn't know if that's something that they, they've made a nice. They've done a nice little avenue with their ESPN Plus, like hockey, just like little yeah. twelve minute like Sports Center, but like your NBA Today, but with the NHL. I forget it's called uh, Center Ice. No, that's not it. Um, I'm drawing a blank it on used it. Used to be NHL Cool Shots back in the '90s. Yeah, but uh, I know she's been on there occasionally too with uh, good old Steve Levy. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Well, she's a big hockey fan, so well, I got to meet her. I got to meet uh, Rick Steve Riley. Levy. And I hate him. Why do you hate Steve Levy, Tanner? I just hate how he commentates games. <sighs> Get I, out of here. It just, it just ruins all the fun. <laughs> I would love for Steve Levy to evaluate you. What? Oh. Just, uh, just, I mean, that, that's just out of, off the top rope for Steve you Levy. Can, you can ask Gage right behind me. I did a great job calling hockey games. It's just you did boring. do you did do a good job. Like, yeah, like it was. Uh, you did not. Uh, put I, up I will a poll, say this. Steve Levy or Tanner? No. Like, well, okay. Here's God. We're just deviating off of this. Um, here's the thing. When I started doing the play-by-play, there was a massive clamoring for people miss Tanner. I, so I will say that. Like people, people love Tanner. The moms love me, man. No, no the the moms love Tanner, and I, especially as I was getting my feet wet and I was learning the ropes a little bit, there were some growing pains on my end. I will definitely say that. Still are, but no, uh, Tanner is a a much beloved part of the hockey. Okay, well maybe that's here. something we do in the final hour where we do some play by play for Tanner. Tanner. I, I hope I I gotta break I gotta pull back the curtain a little bit. Tanner uh, uh, <laughs> on his resume, you're <laughs> you put on there at some point compared to a young Gus Johnson. Oh yeah, no people were like, you remind me of Gus Johnson, but <laughs> hockey. And like, I was like, what the? F- that is the best compliment ever. <laughs> How many people said this to you? Uh, at least like four sets of parents. 
Oh, three of them said Gus Johnson. The other one said Doc Emmerich. And if you know Doc Emmerich, that's that's the best compliment. Oh my God, anyone yeah. could get. I try to I try to channel my inner Doc Emmerich and use a lot of verbs. You know, feather, slap, poke. You just need to. Th- you know, I like when you use poke. Yeah. I've heard you use poke before. Sully doesn't like it. He always gets uncomfortable when I say poker squirt. But yeah, well, the the squirt one, yeah, that's. But the puck squirts out. Like it just kind of does. Like I feel like that's the right adage. I don't know. <laughs> Gager's chuckling back there. Um, no, but uh, I, I digress. So we do have a young Gus Johnson on the ones and twos today in one Tanner Brutomesso. Uh, it is the V Show. It's Nick Falvano. It's Phil Baker, and for Bobby V today, Tanner Brutomesso on the ones and twos um, got a. Uh, full um control room of interns who do we have here we got what intern cowboy and intern gage there we, we go have mac matt and gage and then i don't know where max is i think he's going to get food for us yeah max is off picking up uh matzo pie and full <laughs> again pulling back the curtain <laughs> we sent him to the wrong matzo pie did we I, I just said that i said it would be funny if we did we 100 percent did so no, is that confirmed i was I'm, just I'm, saying that tongue-in-cheek i am 90 percent sure that we sent him to the wrong matzo pie because i heard james talking to him he's like did i send you the wrong address i'm sorry man so i think that's what the issue is so poor maximilian is driving around the 502 trying to get us some delicious matzo pie and i want to give a shout out to them big thanks to matzo pie for dropping off some epic pizzas and focaccia bread for lunch today head out to matzo pie's anchorings location for unique dining experience also visit the douglas loop and butchertown locations stop in pick up some 1020 craft brews and discover the delicious handmade brick oven pizza that is matzo pie also the best cookie in the city fight me um is their corn cookie i think that thing is oh yeah that thing's fantastic that thing is terrific i love ww cousins cookies i love please and thank yous cookies they are on the mount rushmore of louisville cook- cookies but my favorite cookie is the corn cookie from matzo pie so shout out to those guys always appreciate um them uh, about 10 more minutes we'll take a break we'll get ross tucker of westwood one on to, to preview the super bowl um we got a couple questions for him uh four three seven nine six eighty oh guy mentions uh, Cry, uh clyde drexler at houston that's a good one um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here just say moist and get it over with this <laughs> uh nick i love you but you always seem to spend like two minutes prefacing any criticism with an explanation he's a spitty coach and can't win it's that simple um well, I mean, I I just try to look at it with some nuance because these are people involved. I did grow up in a coach's household. And whether you want to acknowledge it or not, I do think these are some talking points. Case in point, going back to the story I was saying, um, and this will relate back to coaching targets and everything. Phil talked about the fishbowl, about how sometimes, you know, we just get kind of locked in the echo chamber that is the 502, that is our sports media. And not saying it's right or wrong. It's just sometimes we get influenced by it my case in point was when i was i was hobnobbing down there i remember getting drinks with at at the end of the night with Teresa walker of uh you know she she's a a, she was the um tennessee sports writer um mark boyle play-by-play for the pacers there we go it wasn't it wasn't them that were necessarily saying it but that was like it was a group of us that went out and were getting bourbon and like afterwards and they just started talking and these were people from all over the country and i 
realized that there was a real vitriol. And I'm not the tinfoil hat Louisville against the world type thing. I just, this was during the, this was, I think, between the Katina Powell and uh, Adidas scandals when this happened, I believe. And the notion was just that Louisville was just the dirtiest place. And well, it's a bottom line ticker society. Like, exactly. Because you're not going, and I don't mean this in a bad way, like, it would be no different than you breaking down the secondary for the Denver Broncos. 100%. Like, so, because you're not in it with the day to day. So, that, that one, not to interject here, because I think this is something that happened with the KP hire last time. The very people that, whether it be Jeff Goodman of the world, and we could talk about everything transpire with that. Uh, I, I, I don't know everything about no, it, but we I heard the guys... talking about this on the sidecast uh, yeah, last night. I, I, it, yeah. I only got about 70% of the story. It was story. tough to follow, but I yeah. just know Portnoy got involved, and that's uh, kind of created a, a beast of his own. But to go back to the KP stuff, just think about last go-around when KP was perceived as the locked-in number one favorite. It was the snowball effect. Everybody said it was a great hire. Everybody. Right. And now the people that are calling for his job. Now, I know a lot of people here locally, and I'm talking more so in the media, uh, but the fans had a lot of questions about it. There were some media members that had questions. I know most notably Lachlan, and, and yeah. if we want to toss in Mitch Hannigan and Justin Sofro about that. But people were going into it with an open mind. I know you know, Ennis got crucified whenever he brought up Steve Forbes. It was just open dialogue that we, we needed to have. It's like, are we sure it just needs to be laser-focused on one guy and no one else? But the national media picks it up. Seth Greenberg. This isn't to take a shot at him. Jeff Goodman's of the world. The guys that aren't in the fishbowl. It's, it's tough to do. Pat Forty, who's, in my opinion, one of the best college football writers out there says yeah he says it all with double d it's difficult to watch every game all at once and just be have like the youtube effect of multi like and analyze the game from a standpoint of breaking it down with all of your attention on those said big games it's just impossible to do so to take that to the coaching search thing i would just say if people are just kind of like oh this is no name coach be open-minded to it this go around that, that's kind of been my whole thing from the get-go. If Josh Hurd wants to hire somebody that's kind of off the, the beaten path, that isn't somebody that's a, a sexy name or doesn't have a Final Four pedigree or things like that, those are some things that I think needs to have – just the fans, the masses need to have an open mind to because the last two I are agree. prearranged marriages. I know I've been rambling about that for a while. No, no, no. I, I, I think that's 100% true because, I mean, who was second? That when, when the list came out, the odds on it? you had Chris Holtman, you had Scotty D, you had um, um, what was the Steve term? Forbes. It was Greg Gard and a yeah, bunch and of guys. And Garbage. a lot of people scoffed at Greg Gard. And where is he right now? He's yeah, in he's number got, six, like, in, six the in the country. So I totally agree with what you're saying. But it is interesting that I, uh, even with the Chris Mack hire, as you said, that was kind of a uh, he was a prodigal. His wife's son from too. Louisville. His wife's from Louisville. Even that one, there wasn't as much unanimity. Is that the word I'm looking for here? Sure. Um, um, as there was with the whole Kenny Payne thing. Now, I do think there are a lot of people um, that were even on the Payne train, including the show here, did make mention that I wonder if this is the you know one of the things that is going to be interesting to see is this is his first time head coaching. This is a tough job to get as your first head coaching gig, unless you were kind of in line waiting. Um, and sure enough, it's seeming that that has been a major issue um, in his tenure here. Um, I just I wonder. Um, you know, the people are talking about how I'm always couching things. Um, I started this this whole hour off with the discussion of is there a reason that he would get a third year if they rally here late? I've heard rumblings that they're going to make a splash. 
in the recruiting. We saw recruiting basically save Scott Satterfield's job. Now, right now, there is nothing. There's like one soft commit. So I, I do wonder if if relationships with players is what kept Kenny Payne seemingly in position midseason. I wonder if relationships with players is enough to save him and get a third season if they show some fight down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm with you. And you it doesn't matter season, what we say. It doesn't matter what we say. It's what the administration and the athletic director and quite frankly what the donor said because fiscally from a standpoint of what you're seeing in the, the Yum Center, it doesn't feel sustainable. But if you get no. a, a piggy bank from some donors that still support him – Maybe I'm of the belief. Can you really afford not to? That's kind of yeah, where I'm at, at now. At this point, the money is, is is kind of speaking for itself. And I mean, the I, I don't know the numbers of tickets that are sold in terms of you know how many people bought season tickets and just aren't going to the games. I got to imagine that the number of season ticket holders is going to go down dramatically again if he comes back for yeah. a third season. So you will have a Yum Center that only is a quarter at best of the way full. The difference is you're not selling as many tickets because, I mean, a lot of those empty seats are still paid for. Let's not forget that. So I do kind of wonder exactly what that financial hit will look like. Um, I certainly would have to think that it's it would be. Well, oh, here's the other question. Do you think it would be more than the six million for his buyout? I mean, I I, I think it would be. Yeah, you would imagine. I mean, it, it's but yeah, maybe, but maybe it's not. Maybe they're looking at it and they go, "Hey, we think that you know they this can bounce back." And I mean, the buyout goes from eight to six at the end of the year. Uh, I I wonder if you know, we're, like we said, we're in this fishbowl of just constantly talking about. It. I mean, and we'll it'll be because Biscuit and Innes have said as much. It's like they're operating as if there's no way the year three. And and I'm look, they're much more connected than you and I. Like I'm right, just saying, right. it's just a devil's advocate approach of just like that. Somebody's tagged and tweeted the station and texted the station over and over again. It's like it's it's important to have those discussions of like. Are we 100% sure or are we 99.1% And therefore still speculating. Yeah. Like, and I, I think it'll be interesting when we get Eric Crawford on at 1.30 to maybe pick his brain and see if he knows some of these names that are bantered around and which names that people are thinking are in the running and maybe not. Maybe it's more than just Mick Cronin that needs to be scratched off of that Trilly Donovan list. I don't know. Um, we can get into the Chris Beard discussion. Um, full disclosure, we talked about it on the Gas Bags podcast, which is on uh, ESPN uh, Louisville.com, GE Appliances Podcast Center. You can check out that. Um, I... Well, we'll tease that. We can get into that later on in the show. We'll take a bottom of the hour break. We'll get Ross Tucker of Westwood One on the other side to talk some Super Bowl. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep your text coming as well. UPS Jobs, text line 437-9680. We'll replay Pops' interview with Jay Billis at 1. Eric Crawford joins at one thirty. Pops will actually join at 2.15. And yeah, like I said, we'll work in a bunch of uh, text as well. So you're listening to The V Show. It is a We Want to Know Wednesday as well here on ESPN 680. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. 
it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. I'm... More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. V-Show rolling along right now on ESPN 680, 105.7. Very, very pleased to be joined by Westwood One's Ross Tucker, who joins us right now. Ross, how are you? Are you ready for Super Bowl? I am ready. I love the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm always a little bit uh, mixed emotions this time of year, you know what I mean? Because... Sunday, this past Sunday, was my last game broadcast for the, I was on the sideline for Ravens Chiefs, so it was a little bit of a bummer, uh, because I love doing it, like, I love my job, I love my life, but it'll be nice to get some time off, some weekends off, and I'll be back for Eagles preseason in August before you know it. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, well, let's start there real fast. What's it like going from working the games to being able to enjoy the games? Uh, well, I enjoy working them greatly, right? Like, I'm on the sideline at the AFC Championship game, and there is no better atmosphere than a conference championship game because just the intensity and the anticipation of the winner going to the Super Bowl is incredible. And the Super Bowl, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's like a third of the stadium is each team's fans and the other third it's like corporate it's just a different environment it's just not it's not the same right. as a home conference championship game which for Baltimore was their first one since 1971 1971 I mean it's incredible when they were the Baltimore Colts so to be on the sideline and to feel that anticipation and that energy I just pinch myself that I got to play for a while, thank God, because that gave me the opportunity to do what I do now, which I so enjoy. And after the game, you know, because I'm doing the game up for Western One, which is NFL rights partner, you know, I'm interviewing Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you know, and it's just such a cool thing right after they're going to the Super Bowl to be around all these people and their families when they realize they're going to the Super Bowl. It's, it's just, uh, it's really special. I imagine. I, I imagine that's that's got to be really cool, especially um, you get the added uh, experience of knowing what it's like to have been a player, seven-year uh, offensive line veteran, Ross Tucker, uh, joining us right now on uh, the V Show. And before we go any further, I, I want, you know, Ross joins us courtesy of our friends at Westwood One, but also courtesy of MyFrontPageStory.com. And I'm just, I'm reading up on this. This is kind of a cool little thing, especially with Valentine's Day around the corner. Um, would you elaborate on on that yeah it's actually genius um i wish i could take credit for it but my buddy actually started the company because the reality is i've been married almost 20 years now i don't know what to do anymore man you know what i mean like Valentine's <laughs> Day, it's like hey you want to go out to dinner and if she she doesn't say yes i'll get her a gift card or flowers like you got to change it up every once in a while fellas just to keep them on their toes that's why my dot is absolutely amazing. Like, you literally, 
you either fill out an email with five questions or talk to one of their writers while you're driving home from work or whatever, driving to lunch. Tell them how great your significant other is. Then they write the most unbelievable story. Like it, it looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, framed pictures, the whole deal. And so when you give it to her, she won't really know what it is as she's opening it. And then she'll think it's like some picture. To be able to say, honey, I wanted something different. I wanted something special. So I had a story written about you. Like that sounds so money, it's not even funny. And any guy right now listening and pulling up on your phone, myfrontpagestory.com, make sure you say this line to the writer. Make sure you say, I just never thank her enough for all the little things she does. Even if you can't think of anything she does, just say that. They cry almost every time. It's incredible. <laughs> com, my front page. And then it, you know, they have to hang it up in the house. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Trust me, dude. MyFrontPageStory.com. It's awesome. Well, Phil Baker uh, is a happily married man. Uh, I'm, I'm approaching that pop the question time in my own relationship. So uh, we have both book, uh, bookmarked MyFrontPageStory.com yes. for a, uh, yeah, a, a Valentine's Day gift coming up. Uh, that's what we do on the V-Show. We talk sports. We preview the Super Bowl. We get great guests like Ross Tucker from Westwood One. And we also give you relationship advice. That's just what we do. It's sort of a, a, a renaissance man show, uh, the V-Show here. So MyFrontPageStory.com. Check that out. Very cool stuff. Stuff there, uh, Ross. Getting back to the football, um, just to put a cap on the conference championship games. Um, I saw this poll generated um, on. I think it was ESPN Radio that did this, um, but he is the the biggest local tie to the NFL playoffs. It was Lamar Jackson, uh, Louisville's uh, uh, very own. Um, the question was: Is Lamar Jackson the most to blame for the Ravens coming up short in the conference championship? And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. No. The most to blame for the Ravens coming up short in the conference championship game is, I would say, the Ravens coaching staff in general, but Todd Munkin in particular, the offensive coordinator. And I am a big fan of his. So he did a great job with the Bucks with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, he did an outstanding job at Georgia. But, man... Maybe he got spooked a little bit by the Chiefs scoring on their first couple drives or being down by 10 at halftime, but they really, really got away from what got them there. And if I were a Ravens player, I would be furious. I would want to go down with who we are and who we were all year, running the ball with the Gus Bus, running the ball with Lamar Jackson, some design quarterback runs, they totally got away from that. And it's almost like they treated it like they were down 20 rather than 10. And I thought that was really disappointing, especially after how well the Bills had run on them. Ross Tucker, Westwood One. Great listen. I, I love the Westwood. Whenever I'm driving around, so if I can't be plopped in front of uh, a TV all day during Reds, I love the coverage Westwood One uh, provides. So appreciate that, Ross Tucker. NFL on Twitter slash X. Uh, Las Vegas getting its actual its first shot uh, for they they've had Formula One. They got the NHL expansion team. How crazy do you think the Super Bowl is going to be in Sin City? And what are you expecting as they host their first Super Bowl? Well, I think it's going to be pretty pretty wild because um, the Super Bowl is already wild as it is and people fly in for it anyway, and I think that will be even more pronounced, I would imagine. 
So really, really curious to see how things unfold. Um, you know, my recording time for all my shows, the Raw Tucker Football Podcast and the Even Money Betting Podcast is 5 a.m. local. So I will not be uh, I will not be one of those people staying <laughs> up late and, uh, and 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 doing that kind of stuff because I got to work all week. But um, it'll be fun. It'll be unique. I'm glad it's out there. I'm not a gambler, but I really do like the food out there in Vegas and the shows. Although, like I said, I doubt I'll actually get a chance to partake in any of that. Yeah, it's it's. I, I saw the uh, Chiefs of Forty Nineers were staying about twenty five miles away from the Strip uh, in order for any <laughs> extracurricular activities uh, possibly happening during the week at the week of preparation. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I think it should be pretty uh, pretty fun out there. Um, and listen, we have a chance to see a team maybe become a dynasty, which only happens like once a decade. So let's appreciate it if it happens. Absolutely. Ross Tucker, NFL on Twitter. Give him a follow. Uh, Ross, we really appreciate the time. With that said, is there a matchup that you're really looking at in this uh, in this Super Bowl? Uh, do you have a prediction? Uh, what, what, do you, what say you before we get you out of here? Yeah, you know, um, I have no idea why the <laughs> Niners are favored. And I talked about this on the Even Money betting podcast. Guys, the... The Chiefs were clearly the better team, I thought, in all three playoff games, including at Buffalo and at Baltimore. Meanwhile, the, the Niners, I mean, I can tell you six plays from the Packers game that they went the other way, the Packers would have won. And then the Lions totally dominated the first half and kind of peed down their leg. I mean, give the Niners credit, they made plays, but a lot of that was just the Lions kind of kind of melting down. So I just don't understand how you can watch the playoffs and think the Niners are better than the Chiefs right now. And even if you think it's going to be a close game, how are you taking Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan over Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? I, I just can't do it. Give me the Chiefs all day. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm swinging that way a little bit as well. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I know the Chiefs are like 6-0 and if they hold like the opponents running back under 120 yards. I'm wondering how they're going to contain McCaffrey. But if they're able to do that, I definitely am with you. I'm taking the Chiefs. That's uh, where, where I might be allegedly throwing a couple shekels. But uh, at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow. Ross, we appreciate the time. And one more time, myfrontpagestory.com. Is that the best way to, uh, to, to get a really a nice, unique Valentine's Day gift? I can almost guarantee happy tears. When's the last time you gave something to your wife and she was so happy, or significant other, whoever, so happy that they cried? I can almost guarantee it. Myfrontpagestory.com Myfrontpagestory.com well, Definitely check that out. Ross, we appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Absolutely. See you guys. Take care, man. That was awesome. Ross Tucker of Westwood One joining us. Uh, he's got a, a very busy schedule, so we didn't want to keep him too long there. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I always need a timer for those. I always feel bad I was, because I was I constantly looking when, when he was he was promoting why he was odd here for. Uh, I, I was just like, oh boy, it, this this could be the Shaquille O'Neal. He was great with, with oh, yeah. Andy Sweetie and Locke, which it wasn't. He was great. I love listening to it on Westwood One, but I, I'm always fearful of that. I need that internal clock. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking. That was shout out my man Ivan Sikolsky for helping set that up. Um, but uh, I was looking at it. It said slots on the quarter hour, so we had him scheduled for tw- uh, forty five. So that means his next hit is probably one o'clock. Oh boy! So uh, well, but we're okay. We got him out with plenty of time. 
Like, I think he was trying to get out at 55. I just wanted to get a Super Bowl pick yeah, and one I, more product like plug. I hope we didn't put him behind schedule. No. It, but we gave him – that's three minutes. He yeah. had three minutes to hit, get his next hit. Which is so an eternity I, I, in sports talk radio. Yeah, so I'm hoping I'm hoping we didn't put Ross Tucker behind. Uh, but we appreciate him joining us there. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I had def- like three other questions about I uh, did too. I wanted- Radio Row and butt crack. I felt like I owed it to Andy Sweeney about all the butt crack at Radio Row and Jim Rome saying the Super Bowl Radio Row week doesn't start till he shows up but he's a he's on a tight schedule i wanted Uh, to ask him about dan campbell should he have gone for it on fourth down there were so many things i wanted to ask him but yeah uh we we had a a tight window there uh but we uh we we enjoyed it nonetheless because uh yeah ross tucker you know you hear him right on our air look i'm telling you i'm not trying to be a shill for the station westwood one's coverage super bowl day if you can't just be plopped in front of your tv from noon until kickoff which is like a six-hour window is some of the best pregame coverage out there so if you're out doing your last minute super bowl party shopping and whatnot westwood one have it locked on espn 680 1057 i think there's a women's basketball game that day on 93.9 the ville but uh, we'll join in in progress as soon as that goes final so uh, it's super bowl on espn louisville via westwood one it's great stuff no absolutely great coverage uh you will not hear ross tucker on that as we uh we heard from him he uh, he is uh done for the season until preseason action with the eagles um happens in the uh, in the late summer but um nonetheless we enjoyed uh, hearing from him and uh, we are your home for uh, Super Bowl what number is it I don't even is 58 it 58 that's right Super Bowl 58 we should have played a game with uh, Tanner and like uh, the interns back there of just asking like what these Roman numerals are I like I wait is I think it would be what L V three like L V I I I yeah, I was going to say, no, the, the, the number That's three. That's 58, I, yes, right? Yes, yeah. I believe okay. that is correct. I, I speak broken Roman numerals. Yeah, maybe. It, it throws me off. It's like the fours and, and, and the sixes and the fives are the weird ones that are there. Right. Yeah. yeah that's where it's like the IVVI. Yeah, it's and, like one before that. Yeah. Like, or, or five before. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's how it goes because L is 50. I know so, like, that. Super Bowl 44 was IV, XL IV. Yeah, IV, right. XL IV. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. XL, so that'd be 10 before 50. Then it's LIV for L-I-V. 54. 54, right. Boy, we're Live. we're losing the masses for the audience that your pops is hey, built. We want to know when yes, Okay, so we're us doing breaking Roman down Roman numerals. <laughs> I always struggled with the, the fours and the five and six. That little window right there always threw me off. Yeah. Uh, I, I would get I, I would get the L's and the C's mixed up a little bit. C is 100, I think. Um, but yeah, Roman numerals on on a We Want to Know Wednesday. Also, myfrontpagestory.com. That legitimately looks pretty cool. So I've I seen this. Like it was one of the things I was trying to get Lauren for just like her birthday coming up. It's like, it, to his credit, where we would try and figure out, you know, some sort of something different versus just a gift card and things like that. And there's, right. there's things out there where, especially like, I think your dad would love this too, by the way. And I just, I know it's inching closer to Valentine's Day, but it's like a book. Like they answer questions. It, it sounds very similar to this. And you answer questions over the course of a year and mm-hmm. it like puts together a book for you so it sounds very well, similar to this cool. yes yeah, i like so that idea. that's something like i feel like pops would have a field day with no absolutely you might have to get that for him for a birthday or christmas or something this texture says four three seven nine six eighty ups jobs text line last time i gave my wife something that made her cry valtrex took care of it that's a herpes joke. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. a herpes uh, joke on. Uh, yeah, I, I caught on that. The show on ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. So we do here um, some Super Bowl talk, herpes jokes, uh, Kenny Payne coaching carousel. 
um, and great uh, holiday gifts. That's what we do. It's uh, yeah. It's a we want to know Wednesday. It's the V Show on uh, on Wednesday on ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. We'll take a top of the hour break. On the other side, we'll hear uh, Pops's interview with Jay Billis. Then Eric Crawford will join us at one thirty. Uh, yeah, keep it locked here. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff. Pops is going to join at two fifteen. It's V Show ESPN six eighty one zero five seven.